0: everyone and welcome back to the shula bowl podcast as always we are brought to you by five reason sports got a full house tonight i am eric henry fiu b right for sb nation we are joined by shane marinelli our fau superfan slash all things south florida high school recruiting for the fau owls nest mr david hondell who's back with us our fiu superfan and jake Elman, who now is uh questioning his uh his ethics as a tweeter for reasons that you can check on his Twitter feed. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Jake on the 97. Uh, boys, how's it going tonight?
1: Good. No complaints.
0: All right. Good chat guys. So, uh, uh we'll go. Gonna... <laughs> I just had to give you guys a hard time. No, I'm with, with, that. We'll open the show. Uh, we are taping on Wednesday, May 6th, which means that we are fresh off of somewhat of a, uh, or not somewhat, a, an actually very somber, uh, current here it's the uh the naming of this podcast itself the shootable uh, the arguably the greatest coach in the history of professional football maybe football in general one don shula passed away earlier this week at the age of 90 uh we have two native south floridians on the line and david and shane so i'm gonna allow them to give their thoughts in a second but you know first and foremost we felt that uh it was appropriate that we take some time in this podcast to go and honor of course the, the namesake of this podcast and you know it, for I don't think it can be debated, the uh, father, the godfather of football in South Florida. I mean, you know, once again, I'm going to toss this David and Shane in a second, but I think it's important to notice, you know, uh, as of late, there's been this debate as to what kind of uh, area, what kind of town that, you know, South Florida, Miami is in terms of, is it a football town? It is a basketball town with the Heat's recent success. But I don't think there's any debate that you go back and you look at, you know, what really ran South Florida before the Heat, the Panthers, the Marlins, and Marlins came into existence and really was the Miami Dolphins. and Of course, the, at the head of that was Don Shula. And then, of course, you're now synonymous with the Dolphins as well, Dan Marino. Uh, just a quick note, uh, once again, with, you know, his significance with FAU and FIU, um, the Shula Bowl is named in the, the actual uh, event is named after Don Shula because he, of course, is the patriarch of South Florida football. And uh, his ties to the original head coaches of FIU and FAU, with FIU's original coach being Don Strock, who was Shula's longtime backup quarterback with the Dolphins, and FAU's first head coach was Howard Schnellenberger, and that was Shula's offensive coordinator in the early '70s with the Dolphins team, including the legendary um, undefeated Dolphins team that went 14 and 0 in 1972. I Believe the the final record was 19 and 0. Someone can uh, can correct me on that if I have it correct. Uh, for that, uh, for that, that's yeah. probably one I should know off the top of my head. I, I apologize, South I, I, I have 0. the number wrong. It, it's it,
1: seventeen zero, it, it right? It yeah, will it's will fourteen be, games. Yeah, and yeah it's seventeen and zero, and then three playoff games.
2: No, I don't know. Seventeen was the final record.
1: No, no, go, yeah. no, fourteen games and the, fourteen games and three play, and fourteen regular season and games then three playoff games. Yes.
0: Right. 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 Yeah. So just, of course, wanted to, you know, start off with uh, honoring uh, Mr. Shula's uh, contribution to, you know, just entire podcast, and of course, South Florida as a whole. I mean, you, you know, he's a South Florida institution. So uh, David and Shane, um, I'll, uh, I'll talk to Shane first. Hopefully I'm not putting him on the spot here. Just uh, any thoughts you want to add as far as uh, uh, coach Shula in general, you've been in South Florida, whether it's dolphins, FAU, Shula bowl in general, I'll just let you take it away.
3: Well, Miami as a sports town doesn't have, like, you know, the 100-year tradition that, you know, Chicago or the New Yorks or the Bostons of the world. I mean, Miami was really kind of the first pro, pro sports team for major sports, uh and, you know, surely kicked all that off. And that's maybe just with the FU connection. You know, Howard Schellenberger was the offensive coordinator um, for the 72 Dolphins. And you look at, you know, what spawned, you know, Howard Snellberger obviously spawned the University of Miami and spawned FAU. And it's like, you know, you kind of just look at Shula and just, you look at his coaching tree and just how much it connects to South Florida. um, It's just amazing. And then, you know, that the fact that the person, and there was lots of controversy down here, and I know some of it brought up when Jimmy Johnson, um replaced uh you know um you know shula at the end you know butch davis was part of jimmy johnson's coaching tree so it's like you know the the coaches with this program and shula have all just been in ways in you know it all comes back to coach shula and where it all started and it's you know what eric you said you know whether it's a, a dolphin town or a heat town it's you know, I'm still kind of it's a Dolphins town guy, but it's none of that happens without you. All of it's because of him.
2: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, his his impacts, you know, still felt today. I mean, even when like all the reports and stories that were coming out uh, the day of his passing, and and it's, it's unique to me that that I mean that there aren't really any bad stories out there. Every, it's he's pretty much universally loved down here and his his impact is obviously felt uh with this team and and obviously throughout the league cuz still to this day the only perfect uh season it's the thing, the thing that uh dolphin fan fans down here still hold on to as uh, their saving grace um but and then obviously his impact on both FIU and FAU while he didn't um you know start football for either program just having his name attached to our our rivalry game, just brought that you know that that name recognition to the game and brought more attention to both programs. So just with that alone, um, I mean, it's just pretty phenomenal what one man can do with his impact in you know the city and even the state.
1: Yeah, well said, it, it, David. It, 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 and obviously well, I'm not. Well, I have a quick question. Just okay. a quick question, David, before,
3: before, you, before you go, Does, uh, we know why it's called the Shula Bowl? obviously the first two head coaches connections. Was there a story of how someone made those connection points? Obviously, FIU's football program started a year after Fau. Do you know who said, let's go with this or you know, how that kind of
2: came about? I I personally don't. Um, I can you know I can ask my dad and bring it back up on the next episode. Um, obviously, we know the ties already, but I don't know who who's the one who actually came up with it. Um, it was pretty genius too, and even to get him. I know he went to a few of the early games um, at Hard Rock, or I don't know the name of when it first started this robbery. But um, yeah, I can find that out, and I'll, I'll let you guys know. I'm gonna actually try to find out now, and I'll by the end of this episode. Hopefully, I can have it. Or
3: if one of our esteemed listeners. Maybe you can tweet the story yeah. to us. Um, yeah, let us know. I do not know the kind of the origin of um, how it came about. But yeah, sorry, Jake. But back to you. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, all I was going to say was that you know, as the non-Floridian, but as a football historian, Shula is one of the names that I think you immediately learn when you start learning about football. Montana, Rice, Bradshaw. Shula so his place in football history is secure forever you know we'll see what the greatest coach conversation eventually becomes I don't think now is the place to get into that but the legacy that Don Shula has not just like David said you know not just on the Dolphins but for the state as a whole and for sports primarily football but college football too as FAU and FIU continue rising in the ranks I think you know obviously RIP Don Shula but you know, kudos to him for what he did as a coach and obviously with the bonds that he built and who he developed on his assistant staffs and his players.
0: Absolutely. Like I said, we all, all echo those thoughts and I uh, just want to go and say, you know, rest in peace, Coach Shula. Hope his, uh, his family's doing well in his times. and You know, especially, you know, during the times we're in, it, it's really tough. I know for the uh, the greater South community, it's probably not, you know, um, obviously there's no good quote-unquote time to pass away, but especially, you know, there are people who would like to pay their tributes to to, uh, to Coach Shula and, you know, can't really have much of a public gathering. So um, hopefully at the appropriate time, you know, so there's a football season and uh, all of South Florida who uh, Coach Shula had a significant impact on, they can uh, pay their respects in a in a, in a group way. So um, we're going to transition from that. And uh, basically the crux of this episode is just going to uh, touch on a couple of Q&A uh, questions that we got from the, the fan base. Uh, a couple of things that we're going to have the guys, you know, kind of go around the horn here and give their opinions on. And some of these are playing catch up on. So uh, if you did not have your question responded the first time, we apologize. We will get to you uh, in a later episode, which is you know we've been planning to do this for a couple times, and you know we've had a a couple start and stops as far as getting this Q and A episode uh, up and going. So we're going to try touching some of these things right now. The first one we have is from uh, a follower. He's a FIU guy. Uh, he on Twitter. He is at it's underscore not underscore Carlos Steve. He has two questions, and uh, I'm going to open this one up to David and Shane first uh one the first question is and i'll I'll lead it off with shane best bar and restaurant near each cusa stadium now obviously the one that uh uh, shane if you've been to another cusa stadium outside of uh fi or fau go for it but of course if you have not uh, i'll let you take it away as far as the owls are concerned
3: all right fau i can just give you a full list um i think you know for the average person obviously i like going to a couple of local bars like Irishman and stuff before and after the game. Uh, I think it also depends just kind of what you're looking for. Anything on Atlantic Ave is kind of can't miss for away fans. A lot of students, um, go out that it's kind of, it's like a 10 minute ride just North of campus. Uh, you know, there, there's definitely a few hot spots in Boca from, uh, like VNS for breakfast sandwiches, or I mean for subs or, uh, uh, Swifties, breakfast sandwiches, just kind of stuff like that. But uh, it, for game day, uh, Irishman before and after is probably my typical uh, classic pub go to. Yeah, Maybe. mine. Oh, for uh, other, well, I, I have been for other Cops USA stadiums. I have been to oh, okay. the Yo, yeah. and go I, for
4: frankly,
3: it to I, I, I frankly can just. I will say. Uh, Old Dominion's in kind of a cool, unique area. Uh, I do not remember any bar um, there at North Fork. I do remember we went uh, the morning of the game, it was a night game to kill some time in the morning. We did went and uh, did like a couple museum tours of uh, some of like the Navy ships down there uh, before like we headed over to the campus. So but North Fork's a cool little town, if you're ever going to head up to Old Dominion.
2: Um all right, so for f i u um i'm gonna go with one that um i know everyone here knows and all the f i u list fans listening it's it's definitely flanagan's uh it's 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 you know it's my go to even not on game days um but I go there pretty much after almost every game uh for beers and rib rolls um and it's you know that's just and it's right by campus, so that's usually my my hot spot a uh, few places. Around there's a sports girl around FIU, uh, that's pretty good. And um, but yeah, nothing nothing beats Flanagan's. And I know this isn't Conference USA, but Eric, the bar that we went to after Tulane was uh, pretty fun too. <laughs> oh
0: man, that's a story for another podcast, bro. That was a uh, if if I wasn't Shane, I kind of wish we were here to see this. You know, like David and and uh and David Drucker and David Hondo kind of pulled like the quick one on me because they're there like an FIU gear. You know, they've got like FIU shirts on and whatnot, and I'm like having to go to a college bar, dude. And I'm David Hondo. What was I wearing? I had like slacks and like a dress shirt, and I had my laptop with me. (laughs) Yeah, you
2: look a little too professional for the college bar.
0: Like Shane, I looked ridiculous because I'm like in a college bar. I'm getting bumped into by like this, you know, like nineteen, twenty year old chicks, and I'm like full on like dress clothes. Got my laptop bag with me, but that was a that was a fun bar. Absolutely a fun bar. You know, um, you know what's funny
3: is that the night before the Old Dominion game, we decided to like, hey, we're like, yeah, this is, true. we're getting a little off topic, and we decided to go to a college bar. A group of friends. Um, it was like five or six alumni that from my old fraternity, we walked in and we walked into um, just a typical college bar. Like, you know, one were the floor sticks type college bar. Um, yeah, right. And like nothing's over $2. And literally,
2: <laughs>
3: I mean, we, we, we were there for a couple hours, but, uh, people eventually kids just started cussing us out eventually. Cause I mean, like two of us were wearing FAU hats, but I mean, it was a kind of a, funny moment, just us trying to take out like sore thumbs and then obviously a conference USA opponents bar.
0: (laughs) So I definitely can relate to how you were feeling, Eric. Uh, I'll go and give a quick answer here. Uh, One, uh, this is not a conference USA bar, but for FIU fans who provided, we have a contest next year at UCF. There are more than a couple bars I would recommend. First one, of course, being the, uh, the old classic Knights library. I actually recommend that. I would recommend, um, uh, saddle up or excuse me, uh, Sa- saddle in or whatever, whatever, that country bar, they, they've named it like 10 different things sometimes at UCF. And I'd also recommend, uh, social house for uh, FIU fans who end up at UCF. But also there right. is a bar at right. UTSA or go ahead, go ahead, uh, Shane.
3: No, real quick before you go move away to Eric, were you there when Devaney was there?
0: I was I was a freshman I had just come back from playing uh NAIA ball and I I finished the rest of my freshman year at UCF and uh and yeah I was there for it was Devaney's too but yeah I was there for that last year at Devaney's R.I.P. Well, R, just, R.I.P. most definitely go, go ahead like uh, go ahead David
2: <laughs> so from my when I went to UCF um I think it was through almost three years now Oh, uh, and remember the last time we played. I, yeah, it was almost three years ago, which is crazy. Um, I, I don't know if it was the night that uh, – what was it? You said the night uh, – what was it?
0: Yeah, the night library.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it was the library or the pub, but it was – Oh, yeah,
0: that's the classic place.
2: Yeah, so when I when I went in there, it, it was just exactly what Shane was explaining earlier, like the sticky floors and and honestly, it kind of smelled like <laughs> vomit, but um, it was honestly such a good time. <laughs>
0: So really quick, I, I promise we will not get sidetracked into like college bar discussion, but that is what we, David, you can attest, David Honda, we can attest. This is what we're looking for at FIU because as a UCF grad, the amount of nights that we went to, you know, there with that bar. And like you mentioned, you, you, you your feet stick to the floor and uh it kind of smells like vomit, but when it's packed and, you know, there are cheap drinks, it's a good time. Really quick, I'll just give this quick uh UTSA suggestion here. Uh, I would recommend anybody look this up on Instagram. It is called o- Ojos Locos. David is the uh, the resident um, uh, um, person if probably can correct me on my uh, pronunciation here, but it is spelled O-J-O-S Locos. Um, it is like a, uh, how can I just politically correct? It is a uh, like a Hooters that's south of the border. Um, I would absolutely recommend if you're in San Antonio dropping by this place because it is a fantastic establishment. <laughs> um Our next question here, and I want to go ahead and get Jake uh, in on this one, uh, as well as the rest of the crew. It's also from Steve. What game made you pop champagne, and which game made you reach for the Everclear? Jake, I'll let you start with this one.
1: I think the first game that really made me pop champagne was the conference title game in 2017 for obvious reasons, but I think most recently – I would say probably the Boca Bowl. I know those are kind of cliche answers, but 2017 conference title game, simple enough, FAU, after all the years of just bad years and coming so close and mediocre coaching and coming even closer, they finally break through. And last year's Boca Bowl, you had Lane leaving. You had the all the players out for grades. You had Harrison Bryant uh, sick, and FAU – Kicked SMU's ass to the curb. SMU was what 26th, 27th? I mean, that was awesome. And the game, how was your phrase that made me reach for the what? The Everclear. Okay, that made me reach for the Everclear. I would say either Louisiana Tech in 2018 or Charlotte in 2018. Because Louisiana Tech was a game that FAU, Chris Robinson didn't play most of it. But Motor was awesome. Kareth White was awesome. But FAU had a few really stupid penalties on special teams that killed them. And Charlotte, just another one of those games where FAU seemed like they had it, but they couldn't close. And you had Jonathan Cruz kicking a 56-yarder. And DeAndre Johnson is trying to lead FAU downfield. And they stall out. And – Just a season that began with so much hope fizzled out at five and seven. So kind of cliche choices. I'm not going to throw games like UF in 2015 in there or Charlotte in 2016 in there. Just those games in the Lane Kiffin era were the highs, the absolute highs, and the lows that really made me say, like, oh, my God, why? Why? Since
0: David's having struggles concentrating right now, we'll go to Shane next. Uh one that made you pop the champagne, and one that made you reach for the Everclear.
3: Uh I'll just—I'll be quick about it. The sixty-nine point game versus North Texas. Um, that's when I remember just before this was the twenty seventeen season. Uh I remember telling my friends I didn't think we were going to win that game. So it, that FAU was still was. I forgot they were like three and three at the time or something. And that's when they kind of really exploded and everything started clicking that season. I mean, scoring 69 points, right? Uh, the, the, the ever um, man, I, I, the, I, I think one of the, the, the Wyoming game and 2014, um, for those who are not familiar, maybe FIU games, this was at Wyoming. Um, FAU had a 20 to 14 lead, uh, with the ball. Um, I think there was like 32 seconds left. And no, you know, there was like 43 seconds left because it wasn't enough to just knee it. I think Wyoming maybe only had one timeout. um, we were at Wyoming's nine still. So six points up, forty-three seconds, one timeout. You're at Wyoming's nine. Quest Johnson just takes a quarter back sneak from the shotgun. He fumbles. Wyoming recovers. Okay, whatever. They still gotta go you know um you know ninety something yards in forty-two seconds with uh one timeout. Well, next play, they're down at R five. Um and then, instead of letting Wyoming score and maybe us getting the ball back with 50 I can't remember the exact time, with some time left on the clock to try and kick a field goal, Charlie Partridge stuffed them three times and just um, th- then let them... I think I have the score draw. Actually, they, Wyoming kicked a field goal to win the game. So we stopped them instead of letting them score to take the lead, which I forgot that score, but they kicked the field goal to win. Um, it was just kind of the
2: all
3: we had to do was need the ball to win the game. That's it. Um, and they didn't do it. It was just kind
2: of a microcosm of the Charlie Partridge era. All right. I'll
0: so, go, ahead, uh, go ahead. go ahead. i go, go ahead.
2: I'm sorry. No, no worries. Um, I'm, I mean, my pop champagne is very cliche and the easiest, um, answer I can give it's the UM game I mean there's to this day there's no greater game I've ever (laughs) been to that I've I've felt I I think I felt things that day that I've never felt in my entire life Um, so that's just the easy answer but for the Everclear um, it you know I wasn't eligible to drink uh, back in the day when FAU beat us in overtime at a Shula Bowl that cost us a bowl bid um, that they came back from 14 points but the game that really sent me down a downward spiral was when we, we lost to Marshall at home in 2018. Um, that cost us the chance to play for the conference. So that was uh, that was brutal. And we lost by, what, three points? I'm not mistaken. Um, but, yeah, that was brutal.
0: 20, 25
2: Yeah, that, that was brutal. And, and no one was there. So I was there alone with uh, the diehards. So.
0: <clears throat> I believe I was there as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, but But you're not – but you're not far off. There was not a, not the most intended game. I'll make this one quick. Um, a, a game that made me pop champagne. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a pass on that one being the, uh, a journalistic integrity that I have. Uh, so there was no game that made me pop champagne. But as far as game that made me pop Everclear, I mean, it's, it's not even close. It's Middle Tennessee State last year. I mean, I, 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 probably told this story in the podcast, but, you know, I was staying with an old college friend in Nashville. Nashville's about an hour drive to Murfreesboro. And that was actually a Halloween weekend, I believe that weekend uh, was. So I'd had plans after the game to try to get back to Nashville and go out with her and her friends. And uh, Shane has heard me talk about the the joys of Nashville. So I, I was definitely in a rush to uh, get back to Nashville and enjoy the uh, the joys of uh, bachelorette parties going through on Halloween. Uh, unfortunately, that was a monsoon and uh, it was not fun. Uh, it was cold and it was rainy and having to wait for Coach Davis after the, press, after the game for the presser was not fun as well. So. Uh, that definitely one that made me uh, reach for the Everclear. Uh, our next question comes from at Roll Owls on Twitter. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, you know David. I think we'll just uh, well actually I'll leave to the, open up to the entire to the entire panel. Uh, I think David and I will take number one, um, and the rest of the crew can take two and three. It's a three part question. First part, David, will Butch ever win CUSA? Uh, obviously, I'm going to take a pass on that one. So, David, I- I'll let you and
2: uh I'll let you jump in on that one. Oh my God. Tell roll owls, you know, I'm going to keep this clean. Uh, yes, he is going to win conference USA and he's going to win it for the next four years. Book it. He's lying. He's lying. All right.
0: Uh, the, the second question, will there, I do want to make sure I'm reading it correctly. Will there buy hype? I think he meant, will there be hype between Willie Taggart and Davis? Um, not a hundred percent sure what he meant by the question. um, but uh, will there be hype between them? I mean, I, if he's asking, will there be a, a hype between both, and like there was between uh, Coach Davis and Coach Kiffin? I think the answer is yes. Um, not exactly one hundred percent sure what that's going to do, but I think this third one has a lot of meat on the bone that I think everyone can jump in on this one. Campus tailgate comparison between FAU and FIU. Um, Shane, do you want to go and jump hey, in on the so so I one? Timeout, Eric. Real quick, yeah, yeah.
3: Real quick, can I comment on number two, real quick?
0: About yeah, no, height? of course, of course, go for it, man. Of course.
3: No, I, I, I think, I think after year one, I think the schools itself will decide how much hype there is. I remember we did a podcast on how much how FIU practically promoted the UM game for two weeks, ignoring the Shula Bowl, Right. So was there even hype with Lane Butch last year? Right. So I, I, it, I think it's up to the schools and their marketing department to create that hype. And obviously, you know, we always, you know, any generic sports radio question with these games is. They're, they both have to be winning, but they're not the coaches that are going to give you the sound bites like Lane, but you know, they're, they're both have deep ties to the state of Florida and the schools are rivals. I mean, I, I don't buy the coach. The coaches shouldn't decide the hype of this game of the Bowl. the game itself, right? You know, to, you know, to make the grade A comparison, Auburn Alabama shouldn't be decided by who coaches the two teams. It's, it doesn't matter. Just the uniforms are playing each other. So, you know, obviously, like we've talked about in the past, hopefully, more competitive games build the hype. But you know, I, again, I FAU made nothing out of to, for any
2: hype of last year's game. So,
0: David, I know you want to jump in on uh, number three. There, go for it.
2: Yeah. So for the tailgate question, um, I'm just going to go say this: that these past two years, um, I'm going to give uh, FAU uh, the crown on that. Just. You know, purely because, you know, the Greek life, like they're in a constant battle recently with the uh, university and it's affected the tailgating as well as they pushed back the student tailgating further from the stadium, which doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Um, so I will give that crown to FAU right now, but I will say that um, nothing, no school in the South Florida area would ever touch the, the FIU, Tau Miami Park tailgates. Because when those were, you know, at their peak, like the, everybody from, you know, obviously all, a lot of the all the FIU students would actually go to those, and plus, like you'd see people from Miami Dade and even Miami that would come to those tailgates because they were absolutely wild. So um, that would be my answer for that.
0: So yeah, so I want to go and touch on this question here. That came from an Instagram. Uh, it comes from Coach Shaw uh, Seven. First off, Coach, thank you for. The message we see that you do not have a Twitter, so appreciate the fact that you reached out to. I believe David, you reached out to you on Instagram, correct? Yeah. Okay, so go ahead, then. Thanks for uh, for reaching out and uh, the commenter says, "My boys and I love listening to Shootable Podcast. You guys do an amazing job. Uh, thank you for complimenting. Greatly appreciate that." Here are his questions, and I think this is one that uh, Jake and Shane definitely can jump it on. The, uh, pretty uh, has a lot of meat on the bone here. With the increase of players jumping into the transfer portal. Are we looking to well? This is actually is for the FIUs. So I guess I'll take it. Are we looking to pick up any transfer players? If yes, do you think it would be on the offensive or defensive side of the ball? Predictions for QB one and QB two, as well as RB one and RB two. Pause up, Alex, Nick, and Andrew. Okay, my bad. Uh, I'm reading from the fly, so I think uh, obviously David and I will take this. Um, I will. I will jump in here and uh, take the um, first question first, which is the transfer portal. Uh, yes, I unfortunately cannot. Give a name. Um, I put it to you like this FIU did bring in a quarterback or was looking to. I'm still looking for confirmation. I don't know if he officially made it down to Miami. However, I know that FIU had, uh, I confirmed this with a couple sources that FIU um, did, was looking to bring in a quarterback just prior to the coronavirus situation happening. And I, I haven't been able to get confirmation as to whether he actually made the trip. Obviously, a lot of things were thrown into disarray, but it was a power five. Uh, conference, it was actually from the, the ACC, um, uh, that, uh, they were looking to bring in a, a quarterback who was transferring. So, um, it, coach Davis, their philosophy is usually to save, uh, you know, about three to four or four to five spots post recruiting for the potential transfer players. Now, obviously with the COVID situation, everything's kind of throwing, a, a you know, a monkey wrench in there, but we know that Nick Stillmiler and, and, and those guys will be, um, you know, doing what they do. I mean, they'll always be looking to recruit. So I, I would not put it past. Uh, those guys look to bring someone in and as far as whether it be on the offensive or defensive side of the ball, uh, I would say both. I mean, there are, you know, sufficient needs on both sides, whether, uh, you know, it's bringing a veteran quarterback or whether it's, you know, maybe bringing in a, another offensive lineman for depth, but if on the defensive side, you, you would think on the defensive line, specifically a defensive tackle, there may be a need there as well. So um, uh, linebacker, I actually a little bit higher on the linebacker than maybe most people are uh, Tyson Maeva. I'm hoping I'm got the pronunciation right. Finally. Uh, is there as well. I'm very high on Jamal Gates. So uh, the defensive side of the ball linebackers looking pretty good. Uh, and then uh, this is one that I'm going to let uh, David jump in first as far as predictions. And I'll just come in and kind of follow up David prediction. Uh, I'll take the running backs. I'll leave the running backs aside, but what are your thoughts on the quarterback? So uh, maybe you're uh, kind of, you know, not prediction. I don't want to, you know, you're not a, an analyst, but maybe just what you would kind of, kind of looking for from a fan's perspective as far as QB one and QB two.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, from right now, from what I like, from what I've seen from last season, and what I know from now, I think Kalen Wiggins. It's it's his job to lose right now. Um, I I did actually see a video today of Stone Norden uh, getting some reps in, and he and he was looking good. But I think um, you know, with Kalen Wiggins' experience of playing last year, I think he has the a little bit of an edge right now. Um, but I think that it might be similar similar to when Morgan came in. And uh, they did, you know him, and uh, God, wow! The the name is, <laughs> is Christian like, Chris Alexander. Christian Alexander. Yeah, him, uh, Morgan and Alexander were splitting reps in the first game um, until Morgan won out the job. So I think it's going to be something almost similar to that. But right now, I give the edge to Kalen Wiggins. And then I, I know you said uh, not to answer the running back, but I, I'm just going to jump no, in. Go, anyway. for
0: go for it, Dave. You got thoughts? Uh, I think got the, uh, you got thoughts. Go for it, bro.
2: Yeah, I think I think it's going to be Price to start, but I think Flex Joseph is going to get a lot of playing time this year. And uh, I think it's going to, you know, these past few years with Bush, they've been rotating running backs a lot. So I think they're both going to get a lot of playing time, but I would go with Price to start off the season.
0: So it's obvious that David's been reading my notes as far as the quarterback situation goes. Um, and that's exactly what I, what I've been, you know, saying since honestly the, the end of last season, that there will be a quarterback rotation. That's just my gut feeling. And especially given the fact that you've had this coronavirus layoff, uh, I spoke to both Coach Davis and Coach Skrosky within the past 48 hours, and they've been emphatic that, uh, the guys have been, you know, doing well in Zoom meetings, but there's only so much you can really do during Zoom meetings and when, without being out there on the field. So it, it actually, and another guy they mentioned is Caleb Lineup as well. Uh, Coach Kroski was very high on Caleb Lynam's arm, uh, was very high on Stone from the neck up as far as his intelligence. So I think it would be an open competition, but definitely expect to see uh, somewhat of a rotation until one guy can nail down the job. And As far as RB1, you definitely got to expect it to be Devontae Price leading it off. A name that David didn't mention, I think you have to pay attention to, is Sean Peterson Jr., just because he provides such a different dynamic, being a bigger back. I know one of the struggles that uh, – I don't want to call it a struggle, but one of the things they're working on with him – is being able to uh, work with him in far as pass protection and blitz pickup. So if you can get that going, uh, expect to see a lot of him on the field this year. As we uh, we'll first And also, thank you for the question, by the way. I uh, want to transition to a couple other questions really quickly here before we're going to shut down this podcast. Uh, we've got one for our guy, Jensen Jennings. He's a, a frequent contributor, so he got an FAU question. So this will open us up for Jake and Shane. Bigger question mark for FAU. Receiving weapons for Robinson or the defensive line? Uh, Shane, I'll let you start with that first
3: defense aligned, like without a question by miles and miles and miles. FBU doesn't bring back much experience at all, especially up the middle. Um, receiving core, obviously with the transfers they brought in, uh, I'm sure they'll be fine there, but uh, defensive line, you know, they had a bet group last year and, you know, they don't this year. They have a bunch of young players and, if you, uh, anyone peeked at my article, I wrote about, um, you know, kind of a little bit of a tricky situation FAU and other schools are in scholarship situation wise and some of the la the risk Lane Kiffin took with the roster and how they recruited, it's, it's provided kind of a gap, you know, where last year you had seniors and a lot of seniors on the D line and not a lot of sophomores and juniors to kind of be the vet guys this year. So, um, you know, who knows if that piece be paying for it this year.
0: Okay. Um, next question comes from uh, my guy, ten ten zero four nine. He is uh, uh, North Carolina, excuse me, I almost said UNCC. He's a Charlotte 49er fan. I don't want to get in trouble with the uh, the Niner fans who uh, do not take well to being called UNCC. Uh, but he's, uh, he's a good follow on Twitter. He's always uh, hitting me up at Everything Conference USA. Uh, Jake and or Shane. Uh, you know, Jake, since you didn't have that one, I was jumping on this one. For FAU, how is the O-line looking? Um, what are your thoughts on the offensive line for the outs?
3: Um, You know, they brought in a, a couple talented Juco players. You know, they, they, they're they losing some experience at positions you don't want to center and left tackle. Uh, I, I think either Nick Weber or Desmond Noel, who are experienced guard, are going to want to slide into center. That's something, if we had a spring, we probably would have figured out. Um, I'll just say this about the O-line. They've recruited pretty well at that position. There's a lot of guys there. So I I think when it all shakes out, they just, you know, it's just a, they're not scrambling for players. Once they go through a few lineups and move a couple guys around and get the wrinkles out, FA will have a pretty solid um, offensive line this year.
0: All right, his next question is about FIU. We talked about the quarterbacks. I'm not going to jump on that. How about the secondary? Well, uh, you know, David, I'm going to let you jump in after me, uh, so I'll make it quick. FIU secondary will, again, be one of the best in Conference USA, despite the fact that they lose, you know, guys like Stanley Thomas, Ike Brown, who are in the NFL, in addition to Olin Cushion. A lot of talent coming back. A guy who I'm very high on, David, I'm sure you are as well, Dorian Hall, who's going to have a chance to step up and make a lot of plays this year. Uh, Also, in uh, you know, the Dames twins are going to be there, uh, Josh Turner. So, Secondary will be just fine, but uh, David, I'm sure you got some thoughts on the secondary as well.
2: To be honest, you you kind of nailed it. I think the, um, I think out of all of our you know I guess positions or I guess groups, uh, they're are the, one of the groups I'm least worried about. Um, there's experience coming back, and and they're all very good. So I'm um, I'm with you. I think I'm very excited to see what this this DB group can do.
0: All right. So guys, thank you for the Q and a, that sums it up here. And we're going to try to do more of that. Like I said, uh, just kind of, you know, give you guys uh, some interaction. We want to just not give all our own opinions, make sure we are covering the things that you guys want to talk about as well. Thank you for joining us as always. You can always find this podcast at five reasons sports on Twitter. You can find the crew. You can find David on Twitter at Mr. Handel three, two, one. You can find Shane at Marinelli Shane. You can find Jake at Jake Elman, E-L-M-A-N 97 on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Eric T. Henry underscore. And you can find this podcast online at shulablepod.podbean.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, Hopefully I'll have to stop. Uh, I won't have to keep using this you know, outro, you know, I hope in a couple months. But for those of you guys in South Florida, as you know, uh, the rest of the state is starting to open up. Unfortunately, down there in South Florida, you guys are still being affected really hard. So please be safe, um, you know, keep practice, safe social distancing, and we'll do everything we can to get a football season in.
2: But until then, we'll keep bringing you guys this podcast. Thanks for listening. I'll join next time. you know it's it, there's there's a lot of economic situation especially if
3: kids are sitting at home while they're on scholarship not getting the benefits of that scholarship and i think that's kind of maybe was my broader point um and you know but i i guess you know we'll just kind of see how this plays out in the coming months and more of these kind of social economic and what's right and wrong
2: topics arise but yeah no um My, like, final two cents is, like, I I agree that that this is financially driven, but, like, at the same time, it's not like these people want, like, they want to put these kids in danger. Like, they don't want anything bad to happen to them, obviously. But at the end of the day, college football or college sports in general is a business, and it's definitely their number one priority.
0: All right, so really quick, we have a special guest joining the Shula Bowl podcast. He has a standing open invite. This will not be the last time you hear his voice. He is my next door neighbor at the Tyson Rogers press box at Ricardo <laughs> Silva stadium. He is the one and only David Drucker, also known as on Twitter at FIU sports guy. Druck, how's it going, man?
4: Hey man, it's good. Uh, given the circumstances, you know, um, I hope you guys are doing all right. Um, you know, it's an honor to be on the show. I mean, geez, I'm like your guys number one fan other than like David Hondal's dad. So I mean, <laughs> I mean, Hey, it, it's, I'm happy to be here. Always going to talk some FIU, FAU sports,
0: I guess. Absolutely. So you know, Jack, we'll we'll save the debates for another time. We've got a we've got a special episode planned where you and Shane have at it, and uh, Jack Whittens on, and we're going to do the uh, the whole Shula Bowl kind of battle here. But uh, tonight's topic, man, I just really want to get your opinion. You know, you are uh, arguably FIU's number one fan, or maybe not even arguably. I think hey, you are. Yeah. <laughs> listen. Listen. I... <laughs> Listen, I, I can't think of anyone who reps FIU as hard as my man publicly. I mean, hey, listen, I don't want to say it, but David, David, someone decided to skip certain games for a wedding. You know, I, I don't want to call it and they didn't go to the bowl game either. So, you know, oh. I know David Drucker was at uh, the F of the uh, Miami game and the Camellia Bowl, but Drucker, oh. uh, here's, here, here's, the, here's the question. I Wait, 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 can I
4: just point out something for David Hondal not to be at the namesake of this podcast? That's pretty shameful.
1: Oh, trust us. We have busted his balls without it.
2: First <laughs> off, I've been to more Shula Bowls than anybody in this chat combined. Okay, so you know what? Cut me some slack, all right? <laughs> that's, that's a lot of L's you've seen. <laughs> I have seen a lot of L's and that's how much of a fan I am that I still go back every year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. So now we've got the uh, the pleasantries out of the way, uh, Druck, Really quick, man. You know we've been talking about a, very, uh, a myriad of topics here on the podcast. Just kind of want to get your thoughts on something, man. Um, in the event that either one of the uh, the following two scenarios happen, one. FIU is forced to play home games without fans. And like I said, you know, we're not going to spare the you know jokes about FIU attends and all that stuff. That's not what we're talking about. FIU has a very loyal and dedicated fan base uh, no matter how big or small, but that's uh, one scenario. And the other scenario is that let's say there is not a football season at all and it is delayed. What do you think in your mind, either of those scenarios would do for the FIU culture? I've kind of spent, to kind of fill you in on what my opinion has been on what Jake and, and Shane and David have said as well. My thoughts have kind of been that it's a double-edged sword. This could um it could maybe be a negative in the sense that it would kind of dull an already kind of burgeoning fan base that you know isn't quite at the level of the USFs and the UCFs of the world in the state, or it could be a positive in that you know, you don't know what you have until it's gone. And maybe that could rejuvenate kids to say, hey, we want to get back out there and tailgate because we had it taken from us in a sense. So I'll just let you opine there, drug
4: Man, I mean, what you just said is probably so true. You got a bunch of college kids who have been sitting indoors, you know, for forever. And um, I mean, what is more like the college experience than college football? I mean, especially when you're like us and you've got a, a football stadium on campus. So, I mean... You know, some people. You know, like I, I can see why people might, you know, be be sad or pessimistic. But I, I really only like see it like the the FIU culture kind of marinating. You know, but while you know everyone's away, because I mean, guys, last year was six and seven. That's disappointing for you know. Uh, uh, it was a bizarre season, but we did not kind of win the biggest game in FIU history. I mean there is not a single local who's into football who was not aware of what happened on November 23rd and the FIU hasn't played a home game since. And so if it means you have to wait for another year or two, you know, to kind of come back, I mean that, you know, then we'll see, of course, we'll defer to people who know what they're talking about, but, uh, but I think it's the excitement's
0: only going to build up. Uh, Guys, really quick. I think uh, David makes a really good point. Uh, Drucker, I should say, because, you know, David Hondel has changed his name to number one FIU fan here on the Zoom chat. But Drucker makes a really quick uh, good point before we uh, finish this one up. There hasn't been a home game since that win. So, yes, while the season ended on a low note with two losses, I I do think that's a fair point. I think also for FAU, because we don't want to, you know, forget the Owls POV here, this would be their chance, you know, to really say, hey, you know, we have a chance to support a new coach in Willie Taggart. Uh, we haven't had a chance to really support the team since the Shula bowl. And that in itself was a wash because of the rain out. So um, maybe it could have the opposite effect. And I, I just think it's something that you have to consider, especially, you know, I just think if you don't have fans in the stadium and obviously Shane's made his point about, you know, um, it could be a moot point if you're having students on campus and why wouldn't you have students uh, fans on the stadium. But my over overarching point is, for both of these schools who are trying to build a fan base, if you don't, if you don't give them that incentive, if it's taken away from them, sure, the great you know, bars like Irishman will be you know filled up. But uh, I just think you have to continue building that culture. And for Shane, a guy who, you know, specialized in recruiting, what do you do when, you know, you, you can't bring recruits to an empty stadium and say, hey, envision 30,000 people here cheering, cheering on the Alps. so.
4: Yeah, but wouldn't, would, Eric, wouldn't you say that that's kind of like an equal effect for everybody? Like, like if if, uh, if every school in uh, NCAA football has to, you know, have socially distant uh, standards, let's say. I mean, it, isn't it kind of like the same effect as where you walk into, you know, Death Valley at LSU and you're not going to have that effect either. So, well, uh, just a
3: sh- clarification sh- here, there probably yeah, go for wouldn't it. be official visits in that scenario, they'd have to, I mean, if you're doing an empty stadium, you're definitely not letting kids travel, right? If you're LSU, you're definitely not letting, you know, you're not kids from the panhandle of Florida to come for an official visit. If the stadium's empty, it's going to be necessities only. Cameramen, football coaches, trainers, right? a recruiting his family is not coming. So okay. That, that,
0: that, that's, that, that, that's a fair point. That's a fair point, Shane. But I, I just want to quickly, and it is an important point that you made, you know, for the clarification. Drucker, uh, to quickly hit on your point, no, it's not an even playing field because at LSU and Death Valley, I've seen it on ESPN on Thursday night or Friday night on Saturday night. And at The Cage, I haven't seen it because my ESPN Plus stream isn't exactly working properly, and/or there hasn't been twenty thousand people inside that stadium since I don't know. Shane was an undergrad, or no, no, no. no shit, I won't even throw Shane on the bus. I'll say the last time there were twenty thousand people in that stadium was FIU UCF, and I was there. So uh, that's the reason why I make the point. I was an undergrad for a really
2: long time? So don't go by my age. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and also, I don't think like schools like LSU or like Alabama are really hurting for fans, to be honest with you. Um, so yeah, I'm with Eric that it wouldn't really even the playing field, but as the number one FIU fan, I have seen it packed. So there you go, Eric. (laughs) David,
0: David, the last time you saw packed, were you in elementary school or what? (laughs)
2: Uh, no high school, like full out, sold out. Like it during the TY days. I mean, it was pretty, I remember, um, I remember the, the Duke homecoming game was probably still to this day the most packed stadium in our history. All right,
0: truck. So, Hey man, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I know it's been a unique experience, but this definitely will not be your last time coming on. I will let you and Mr. David Hondal debate for who is uh, FIU's number one fan, but Hey, thank you for coming on. And uh, we're definitely going to have you on for more uh, exciting, happier topics than this one, man. So thanks for coming on. I appreciate it.
4: Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me on the show. And uh, I'm looking forward to the future episode where uh, Shane and I get to scream each other about how many tenths of a mile FAU is from the beach. I'm
3: not in that argument. That's not me. Don't even... I don't care.
0: (laughs) I I can tell you right now from experience, Shane's head will spontaneously combust if that argument ever makes an appearance on this podcast. But with that being said, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. As always, you can find the podcast at shulabowlpod.podbean.com. And you can find on Twitter, Twitter, excuse me, at the number five reason sports. Uh, And you also find us on Twitter at shulabowlpod. Thank you for listening. And uh, please, the only way we can grow on this podcast is by leaving us feedback and reviews. So please feel free to DM us. Last time I said uh, DM the bad reviews to Shane. This time, DM the bad reviews to me. I will take the brunt of the, uh, of the pain on this one here. Um, last thing to say, uh, guys, please, uh, please practice safe social distancing and stay safe. Take care. And uh, we'll get back to football eventually, guys.